Kaiju Network presents Tokuzone, where we have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. I'm your co-host, Kent, and with me Jason, is Jason, what's co-host. going on, everyone? We are just about at the very end of our coverage of Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. This particular podcast, we're covering episodes 21 through 23 of the show. And um, before we proceed, Jason... Yes, uh, just a little bit of the usual housekeeping here. Um for those of you that uh, want to uh, follow us via the live streams that we're doing or they uh, just want to listen to the audio version of our podcast, uh, you can find us at these you know, several handful, whichever you say, uh, audio versions of our podcast network. Uh, you can find us over at uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. And as far as our streaming networks, uh, we're on YouTube, uh, Twitch, Facebook Live, Periscope, and DLive. Boy, it's just sort of a tongue twister there. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, you can also like and subscribe to us at these following social media websites. Just search for Daikaiju Network. And you can find us over at our own website. Uh, Just find us at daikaijunetwork.com. And I know that... Hopefully by the uh, the end of the year show, update our homepage of our website to where we can finally just stream our show live right there uh, on the website there and make things a little bit easier to access all of our shows. By the way... Uh- when I go in and write something and I want it to appear, you know, on the front, do I have to click on anything special? Um, or? Just, I would say blogs and or reviews there. And, and there's a section there of blogs and reviews that will pop up right there. Okay, so I would just click the category and then it's going to yep. pop up there? Okay, because I remember at one point, like an odd number of years ago, there was some weird hokey pokey crap I had to do in order to get it to show up. Uh, and, I, I tried to you know. slim things down a little bit when we were redoing our branding slash website about a couple of years ago. But um, as far as the news here, uh, the only the only sort of news that I just want to touch upon is that uh, Super Riot Productions. Uh, official YouTube channel just released episode one of the Ultra Galaxy Fight, the Absolute Conspiracy, here on uh, Sunday <laughs> or Monday at uh, in Japan time. That uh, they released not only the Japanese version but the English dubbed version of the show here, which, as you can see on the screen, it's the the English version of the show and. It, it only runs for 11 and a half minutes. It's just like one of those mini uh, episodes or mini series TV shows that they've got. And I've watched it here the other day. And so far, it's really good. It's just basically, you know, say everything all on green screen. Uh, so far, we haven't seen anything based on Earth or anything. It's just all these bunch of uh, settings of different planets and then the uh the the ultraman home base and uh, all all that so uh pretty much 
everything Ultraman uh, related here, obviously. So if you haven't seen uh, episode one of the Ultra Galaxy fight, The Absolute Conspiracy, I would suggest definitely checking in this uh, first episode out. So otherwise, that's uh, basically it on my end, unless if you... Uh, have anything else or want to touch upon this if you have seen uh, the first episode I've got kids that I've been taking care of with virtual learning I haven't watched Ultraman Z I totally forgot about this till I saw something about it the other day I just haven't had time sadly well, for the, this. the one thing that I noticed that when it comes to their YouTube channel it seems like um Especially with Z, that uh, they only just have two episodes up, and then I think at a certain amount of time that they take those episodes off on their channel. So, uh, so yeah, if you haven't had the chance to get caught up of what's going on with Z, uh, basically you won't even have the chance of watching all the episodes up until... Uh, the current one, which I'm forgetting what episode number it is on right now, but uh, yeah, they only just show just or have up two episodes for two weeks and then they take off one of them. I'm guessing it seems like that they didn't do that at one point, but then now it seems like that's that's to be the case. Uh, when it comes with them. I'm not sure why, but... Well, maybe because there's ways to download these videos and such, but uh, that, that'd be my only reason for them taking off these episodes. But yeah, uh, otherwise, definitely check out uh, episode one of Ultra Galaxy Fight, The Absolute Conspiracy. So that is it of Toku no uh Toku no news. I can't speak right now. Jeez Louise. of a gun. You thought I was gonna say son of a bitch. So I sent you something in chat because I want you to pull it up here in the next maybe minute or two um, just to kind of give people an idea of what we're talking about and and how sort of silly and ridiculous this first episode is of Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. So we're starting off with episode 21. The English title is called The Terrifying Space Mummy and the Japanese title is The Mutant Mummy. Jason, which title do you prefer? Uh, what was the uh, the Japanese title? The Mutant Mummy. I would just go... Well, we don't particularly see this quote-unquote space mummy come from space. Wasn't there something that came down from space, though? Like a little... little not a saucer, but like a ship. I have never seen any spacecraft oh. that comes comes within this episode, so I would go with the Japanese version. Yeah, me too. It's it's a bit more yeah. straightforward because Space Mummy is just, it's it's really out there and pretty goofy and 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 funny. But here is the synopsis or the plot summary of. 
the terrifying space mummy. Tokyo school water supply is tainted. The space mummy whom is responsible says he wants robo or else. Unicorn is led to uh, is led to a convent where space mummy use, uses as his base. Tokyo's water supply is in jeopardy now because of a reservoir there. Jerry, Johnny, and U5 are captured. Unicorn makes an attempt to save Johnny and Jerry but are temporarily thwarted by the unleashing of Starker. Mari helps just in time and to give Jerry an opening to get them out. Robo is called into action and battles Starker. Robo uses his cables to heat and explode Starker. Robo even uses his eye lasers to shoot a bell tower that sends Space Mummy to his death. So, Jason, want to go ahead and pull Oh, up I've that already gotten it up right show everybody. <laughs> for about oh. a couple of minutes already. <laughs> but um, oh, okay. <laughs> one was- thing that. Well, before you dive in here, the one thing I want to point out, and you just sort of mentioned this, as far as the the monster name, Starker. However, it's essentially uh, Dragon or Dragon, but I'm not sure why they name it the different monster. I'm maybe it's just the the dub version that they named it uh, differently in this. Or it could be uh, the Japanese version that named it differently. I assume that it could be just the dub version that named this monster differently. Because, I mean, with it essentially being the same monster as Dragon or Dragon, it, it probably was named that way in the original version. Well... Um, I think they were banking on the viewers, namely children more specifically, to sort of forget Dragon. Because Dragon appeared, I think, in like episode six or something Let's like that. Here. And, um, you know, they've reused uh, monsters again. But yeah, the interesting thing is like um, with one of the last – well, actually with one of the episodes we're going to talk about here in this batch – um, Tentaclon even mm-hmm. comes back, and and they actually used Tentaclon, the the actual name of um, of that monster, um, you know, in this episode that we're going to talk about here in, mm-hmm. in a few moments. And it, it is kind of weird that they did that. I almost kind of wonder that maybe there actually isn't um, any sort of issue with the translation. Uh, it could be just that they wanted to make it appear to their young viewing audience that here's a new monster. And we're kind of hoping you forgot about the one that looks exactly like this from like 16 episodes earlier right. or something. Um of that sort. That's my guess. But uh, uh, yeah, with with this episode, I was expecting to see this episode, and this was the one that I can basically remember the most out of this entire series, simply because of the space mummy. But all in seriousness, I totally forgot all in seriousness, the mutant oh, mummy. But uh, I thought it was earlier in a TV show. I didn't expect it to be this late into the show itself and even i think uh the final episode that we're going to be talking about i thought it was maybe sort of in the middle but i totally forgot it was this late <laughs> as well but but yeah, yeah this was I the episode this was the episode all, I... that i re- remember the most 
First of all, I dig that Fisher Price looking yeah. record player that Unicorn brings out at the beginning of the episode to play yeah, this little recording. Record. And the Space Mummy's dubbed voice is spectacularly yeah. awesome. Uh, it's Space Mummy. <laughs> like I, I can't even and, do and it even, justice. Even his it movements is, too, especially when he laughs, he just kind of goes like this, <laughs> like goes up, up and down. Oh uh, well, yeah. Well. And I don't know if there's any truth to this, but don't you think the guy who plays Fangar also might be doing the Space Mummy? Because to me, in terms of the eye, the the the, the teeth coming out of Space Mummy, just sort of the structure of the face, it almost to me seems like it could be the same actor who does I don't Fangar. Know. I mean, we would probably it would probably have to take some research just to find it out. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really find anything, but that doesn't mean I didn't, you know, look in the right spots um, or anything like that here. It has to be somewhere. Um, I want to try – let's see here. See if I can try to find something here with Space Mummy. I, you, you really need to listen to um, his voice there. Do you have Prime Video? Yes, I do. <laughs> Um, um, oh, let's see. What can I do here to... Well, this looks more complicated than it's worth. But you got to check oh, it yeah. out. I mean, his his voice, the dub voice is wonderful. And I love the fact, too, that he looks all gangster, like you can see here in this photo. Sorry, folks, uh, for those who are listening to the audio version uh, uh, of this, but just go Google up, excuse me, Space Mummy Johnny Sacco, and, and you will find plenty of pictures. Um, I love it. I just, I love gangster Space Mummy. <laughs> or Mutant Mummy. <laughs> However you go by it. Yeah. But yeah, it, this the episode here. As I mentioned earlier, it's one of the most memorable episodes that I know out of this entire show, simply because of this dude right here. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the whole premise of this show, where he taints the school water supply. By the way. It, it infects the kids and it turns them into mummies too. We never actually find out if there's a cure for oh, no. these kids. We never find that out. So those kids are yeah. We only just see them turn um, turn into mummies by this uh, poisonous substance substance that we find out like right at the beginning of the episode where mutant mummy opens up this little jar like the close up shot of it with obviously the cross the skull and bones <laughs> sort of thing dumps yeah. it in this. I'm guessing a little pool of water, which probably the entire lake or whichever, and see see these kids drinking water and then turns them into mummies and everything. Yeah, um, but the whole premise of this episode is really ridiculous. I mean, he, he basically holds Tokyo hostage, ultimately, and says people are going to turn into mummies uh, after drinking this tainted water that he's going to dump into the reservoir. That's his plan anyways. 
because he wants giant robo. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, first of all, this mutant or space mummy being the villain uh, is ridiculous and preposterous. The plan to sort of the threat he brings is ridiculous and preposterous um his dubbed voice is ridiculous and preposterous but i love it so much but damn it if this isn't a fun episode i mean it's one of those it's so ridiculous it's good or or at least so ridiculous it's entertaining uh, and just not the uh the mute mummy himself i just after watching this episode, it just felt the, the story in the plot for this is just simple, straightforward. And it just seems to be more complete than all the other episodes that we've seen up to this point. Well, yeah, and I mean, it's 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 like you said, it's very simple. It's a straightforward story where you know he's even at several points trying to get Johnny and and New Five and the like to drink this poison, so they turn into mummies um, as well. Um, it's it's a pretty the the only real I think knock that you could give this episode that would encompass. Everything Everything about this episode is that it is ridiculous. But like I said, it's so entertaining. Though I will say, though, this. One of the things I'm starting to get annoyed at, and we're actually going to see it, I believe, in the next episode that we discuss here as well, is that we've seen a couple of times now, including this episode, Robo respond and turn on without Johnny's communicator. And I quickly realized after seeing that this is the second time it's happened in the series at, up to this point. I've realized that that communicator now is nothing more than mm. a MacGuffin, because, in fact, it may have been the last. It was the last. Yeah, I think it may have been the last podcast. I we think did, so. Yeah, where there was an episode there where Johnny was inside Robo after Fangar captured the Robo, and Johnny like cried and like a tear or something fell on Robo circuits, and Robo turned on without the communicator. Here again, like two or so episodes later, we're getting something very similar again and i'm i'm kind of annoyed by that actually because it it, it not only means that communicator is a guffin but the communicator ultimately doesn't matter and that communicator has been one if not the most important things about the the overall story of this series is making sure johnny has that communicator yeah. and it's it, turning it's out that it doesn't the main, matter. It's basically the main driver. And just FYI, it's two episodes down the road. It's the final one. But okay. um, yeah, the watch is sort of the main driver of Emperor Guillotine on trying to capture Giant Robo and to conquer the world that way uh, sort of thing and trying to find ways to do it. Or at least destroy him. It's, yeah, I can also see that as sort of getting to be that point where it, where it is a, as you say, a MacGuffin uh, sort of thing. But um, yeah, as far as this episode, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a pretty crazy uh, wild one. You know, simple. They're. Basically, at this uh, sister's uh, church uh, building here. 
convent. Yeah, and trying to investigate this uh, lake reservoir where they're going to be supposedly tainting the entire uh, drinking source for Tokyo. And yeah, it's <laughs> so great. Well, and um, I, it, w- it was funny, and I don't know if it was intentional or not when they shot the scene, but towards the end when Space Mummy is you know, getting ready to implement the final part of his plan, he tells the gargoyle henchman – you know, off to your posts, you know, and right before, you know, the gargoyle henchmen were cheering with him and he goes off to your posts. And it just, they all kind of go like they slump their shoulders and slowly walk <laughs> out. I don't know if that was intended to work that way or if it just <laughs> happened that way. Like I thought, I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it would have been nice if they would have at least had the cure to reverse this mutation for some of these people like the kids and then even the sisters that were captured and, you know, frozen in that uh, dungeon there. But, yeah. I like the atmosphere we occasionally get because like that, that tomb or whatever inside the convent is eerie a, a couple of times we see it some of the makeup like we see with the sisters um is kind of creepy too uh, i like the vibe of that like i'm not a person who enjoys being scared or grossed out but i like being creeped out and i felt like being creeped out a, a little bit with a few moments in this episode and, and that's something i delight in mm-hmm. yeah um the only thing that I didn't quite like or didn't quite set well with me is the supposed stone walls of this uh, church or temple, whatever you uh, call it. Like, as you can see in this background here uh, with uh, the mutant mummy, it's like some of these are like the patterns and stuff that you can prop. Uh, possibly see are somewhat repeating in a way and just by looking at them close up it's more like this like like the entire wall itself is really tan tannish or sand like color and then these uh, patchy areas that you see are sort of like this greenish gray and you can obviously tell that they possibly use some sort of sponge to kind of give it that Oh, I'm Texture. sure they did. Yeah. In a way, it it just it looks really flat in a way, and I know that they're trying to go with this sort of the stone texture in a way, but to me, that's just my only gripe as far as sort of this uh, the setting part of this whole entire episode. Yeah. Uh, one one of the things I like is towards. It's the end. Space Mummy. Uh, when Robo shoots his eye laser and Space Mummy falls, his scream yeah. is pretty funny. And then as he lands on the floor at the bottom, his head comes apart. It's a model figure that they use, but it's voiced over. And like his head detaches from his body. I'm just like, of course that would happen to Space Mummy. I mean, you know. It's so ridiculous. He's going to have a ridiculous death, too. I 
I love this episode because it's so it's just it's just really it's, it's wonderfully it's so basic, straightforward. It's sort of your typical uh, type of ep- episode, but it's really good. Yeah, let's just go into final thoughts and a rating here. Yeah, yeah. There's really not much to add to this one. The the mute mummy himself, I think, is the one that really makes this episode. And as far and along with uh, the story, with is just being basic, straightforward. You know, you got your main objective into trying to accomplish what you need to do here. It's also just ridiculously fun in this one. It's probably one of the most complete uh, episodes that we've seen up to this point. And I would give uh, the quote-unquote terrifying space mummy a 10 out of 10. I just want to say... Because for many episodes now, I've been saying Fangar is my favorite general, general, and I always liked Botanist as well. I'm changing that right now because I'd totally forgotten about the Space Mummy. Space Mummy's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite general. All right. Another fantastic episode I had forgotten about. This one brings the wild and crazy as the best of them. In theory, it's really just a dumb story and premise, but man, the execution is wonderfully done. I enjoy the space mummy and seeing Dragon return, renamed as Starker. It brings an occasional creepy vibe with some of the imagery and introduces a few new things to this wacky series. I, too, give it a 10 out of 10. (laughs) All right, let's take him off. Okay, episode 22. The English title is Clash of the Giant Robots. The uh, Japanese title is Calamity, the Homicidal Weapon. Jason, which title do you prefer? I think I'm going to go with the English one because the Japanese one, Japanese version of that title just doesn't doesn't quite match with what was going on in that entire episode. Uh with the Japanese title, I think the the phrase "the homicidal weapon" is kind of funny, <laughs> yeah. but it's slightly redundant because if you have a weapon, obviously you're going to use it to like maybe kill someone. So I find that eh, just a bit redundant, but it's kind of funny to me. But ultimately, yeah, I too am going to go with the English title. It's it sounds bigger and grander. However. Um, but yeah, I do I do like like the English. Yeah, however, the only thing that this <laughs> title doesn't also quite make much sense is that towards the yeah. end <laughs> the other robot that giant robo faces it doesn't really do anything at all. It's very deceiving yeah. the title is. <laughs> Here is the um plot summary of the episode which is i think the shortest one i've written to date because it is i i mean it's it's very straightforward here the country of melcon wants a giant robot of their own so they build cleopat despite unicorns demands that they not build one golden knight who we didn't think was coming back steals cleopat i completely forgot Me too. And it's used to temporarily disable Robo via its self-defense programming. Tentaclon returns and Robo battles the Kaiju, ultimately tossing it into Cleopat 
destroying it. So Robo gets a birthday celebration that is better than what most of us receive. Well, also, it was a I've pretty never crazy people. one, too, <laughs> where you don't even hear any of the I, instruments I, being played, even though that they I have know. them. Yeah, I never had people dance around wearing what they call lays. <laughs> The, the, the Hawaiian type thing? Are they called lays? I don't know specifically. I forget exactly what they're called. But yeah, they... Um, Robo gets a pretty nice little birthday celebration. Well, and then along with the instruments, how the hell that they all of a sudden have them in their hands when they didn't even have them to begin with when they were sort of celebrating? It's like, hey, let's... Oh, really? I didn't yeah, catch that. It, like, they come in and then say, happy birthday, you know giant robot and then all of a sudden it's like hey let's let's all celebrate and then you start seeing all these instruments one by one it's like how the hell do they bring these out of their asses well you know that little snap that they make where the where the episode makes it go as they snap it's not an actual type of snap it's yeah it, it, I've always thought that was kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, and, oh and well. then at the same time too, you don't even hear any of these instruments being played at all. It's like they'll they sort of pretend doing doing all these, but you don't even hear the sounds from these instruments. I know it's it it's just sort you of know, weird in a way. Speaking of something that's weird in a way, Captain Azuma always seems like he'd be someone you'd never really want for a boss because he calls people morons and he wastes booze. <laughs> well, and speaking of booze, that it's did, did they actually give both Johnny and Murray booze too? Because it was like the same substance that they give Azuma and along with all the other characters too. To me, though, when I look at the episode, it looks like you know the sparkling yeah. grape wine or whatever. That to me is what it looks like. Whether or not in the episode it was supposed to be actual wine, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I here's the thing. Um, you know, we're epi- we're 22 episodes in. I was already starting to kind of become irritated with Azuma. Now I'm. I, I want him gone. Like there, I, I sort of mildly played a fantasy in my head of him getting just sadistically tortured, oh, God, and having a very slow and painful death that is somehow diabolically funny. Um, um to me, he's he's more know. like the the Scrooge of the Johnny Sacco show. Like God, but humbug, wasting all that wine or whatever it was. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, that's booze. You wasted it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, and I understand, like, when you're a supervisor, like, uh, sometimes you got to be a hard ass. But I've had a number of supervisors that have been really good about getting their message across and sort of inspiring the troops, so to speak, by not being assholes, mm-hmm. and. This guy has – he's one of those asshole-ish type of supervisors that has shown to be mildly competent, which I guess considering how incompetent most of the unicorn organization is, maybe that's the best they've got. Mm-hmm. But, like it just – I'm at a point where it's just like if I were working for a unicorn, I'd be, I'd be like, hey – 
let's get this guy out of here. <laughs> He's an asshole, but then it'd be considered a coup. Well, and then but... <laughs> the other thing, too, is that later in this episode where he says, I'm, I'm sorry for, you know, uh, Melcon or the Melconians uh, building this robot. It's like, dude, it's not your fault here. It's the higher-ups that authorize the Melconians to have the technology to build their own robot. Well, yeah, I mean, and the, Jap- the 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 Japanese government officials came to him, which this is kind of stupid too when you think about it, because the Melconians want their own robot, so then they want the plans for giant robots so they can build their own. So then they talk to the Japanese government officials, who then come, you know, to to Unicorn asking for those blueprints of robo which to my understanding they never got anyways because us an independent guy if you remember from the very first episode built robo unicorn didn't build robo and my understanding is all that was done was that johnny was given the communicator mm-hmm. nothing else like no plans no nothing right and the one guy got shot and killed in that episode so to my knowledge no blueprints were ever handed over second of all if the government officials were basically going to tell Azuma to piss off and to give the Melconians the plans to begin with, why bother visiting them? Why not just call them up and say, look, the Melconians want to build their own robot. Give them the plans. Click. Um, it was a wasted scene. It's 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 um, padded out storytelling. But like you said, too – Azuma had his say. He told them, he said, no, because this robo is very powerful. You build something exactly like it, and it falls into the wrong hands, we could be screwed. It, you know, it's like, okay, you had your piece, and ultimately the Japanese government officials made the call anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's kind of some bad storytelling here. Uh, there, there's like an extra one or two steps in the storytelling that didn't need to be there because number one, there were other ways of telling it. But another thing too, is it was unnecessary. Yeah. And then also it would have been nice if the Melconians built something a little bit different instead of almost exactly having the same robot (laughs) look and appearance, just with a different colors here and there. And that's about it. But I mean, they probably, I'm not sure how much uh, sort of things behind the scenes that they had to make another one. I don't know if they thought about doing that or they just didn't have the time to do it. But um, uh, otherwise, yeah, it's it's just sort of saying, hey, look, look at our knockoff giant robo. Yeah. Plus, yeah. plus a robot. I have to change my yeah. rating here on this episode. Plus, plus it's a robot that didn't really do much at all in this episode, except for like towards the beginning, where we see it completely built and then being tested out by the Melconians, and where we see uh, Golden Knot uh, come in and then capturing Cleopat with Tentaclon. 
Uh huh. Yeah, uh, Golden Knight though. I'm happy to see him back. Um, I did like him from that episode a couple of podcasts ago. I thought he was just again, like we said in that ridiculous villain. I mean, a, a full you know suit of armor that is gold plated. Really stupid and ridiculous, but sort of like Space Mummy in that whole episode. It's so stupid you can't help but to love mm-hmm. it. And he stabs guys. He walks up to a couple of guards in the early part of the episode and literally stabs – you see blood. Yeah. Like he's stabbing them in the back literally with um, – by the way, he must have no honor. But he's literally <laughs> stabbing them in the back with the sword and you're seeing blood you know, on a sword and on the backs of these soldiers that are supposed to be guarding the, the Melkonian um, facility where they're building Cleopat. I love seeing him back, but I was excited to, to see him. Yeah, and this one, he just seemed a little bit more ruthless this time around compared to the uh, last episode that he was in before this one. And he's ultimately arrested um, because he doesn't die. And like we thought, you know, when we covered him initially, we thought he was a one and done villain. And I, I'm ready to say that maybe he's done here, but we got three more episodes, so I'm not quite sure. I'm not well, going to say after, it just after yet. The next episode. But I think Golden Knight may be one of those that ends up living ultimately yeah. when this whole thing well, is. Well, then you've got Harlequin, which. So far, we have not even seen him in the last several episodes. I don't even think we haven't seen him in the second half. If we have, it's only been like one one or two episodes and, at best because there was yeah, the Fang and just, one. And- just the way things are going right now, I have a feeling that we probably won't even see Harlequin again. There are three episodes left. I'm not like, as As I was saying yet. with that, yeah, there's – I – I'm gearing towards that. We probably won't even see him again. It's very possible. I, I wouldn't put it past. By the way, Johnny has apparently forgotten that bullets don't pierce Golden Knight's armor. Yep. <laughs> because I remember him shooting a couple of times at Golden Knight in that episode, of, you know, number of episodes back. And it didn't do anything. And for whatever reason, Johnny thought, doop a boop it's going to work this time. And, you know, of course mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, with with this episode, it's, it's really straightforward. But it's not like in the last episode where it was really good and how it was set up. Whereas this one is just sort of... <sighs> I don't know. It seemed really flat with it trying to be like very basic on what it was trying to do story wise. I mean, you got Golden Eye, which was pretty good. But as far as the execution in this one, it just felt really flat because Cleopat and, you know, with the title of this episode, just didn't really live up to it. Yeah, um, it's a very deceiving episode, and that to me is the biggest disappointment, that um, we don't get the battle between the two robos. It's like, you know, it's like having – I love these stories where you have um, sort of – nearly identical doppelgangers fighting you. In fact, we're actually going to get it in this final episode we're going to discuss here. Um, But, you know, you got – 
King Kong versus Mechanicon, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, uh, what are, you know, the Ultraman versus Belial. Um, you know, you have some somebody or something that looks slightly similar to what you are, but is ultimately like stronger. And I always love those stories. There's just something about them that I'm mm. attracted to uh, from a storytelling standpoint. And this one had the makings of that because it's virtually giant robo with a different paint job more or less and we don't get the hand to hand we get nothing really i mean we don't because all we ultimately get from this cleopat are it using its defense mechanisms to repel robo's attacks against it and robo as a result seems strangely enough weaker in this episode because i thought okay Sure, it's going to get damaged by some of these attacks, but it was just about completely decommissioned, you know, after after a few bouts of shooting missiles and lasers. And I'm going, this this is not the ro- – Robo has been in tougher fights mm-hmm. than this and has withstood them, and yet this one, it's like someone capped him in the back of the knee, and that was that. Yeah, just, and then after using his uh, laser eye, and somehow it really damaged his eyes, and I also like how GoldenEye says, ah, Cleopat destroyed or defeated uh, Giant Robo. I'm just like, no, he didn't. Giant Robo defeated himself because of <laughs> like all these deflections and stuff mm-hmm. from Cleopat in a way. Yeah, but here's one thing. Uh, here's like one really good thing that I love about this episode, besides Golden Knight coming back. Tentaclon. <laughs> Tentaclon, I never thought was utilized well in its initial episode. Here, Tentaclon, I think, is utilized very well. We see more of Tentaclon. Tentaclon plays a bigger role. Tentaclon comes across as a formidable opponent. Now, granted, yes. <laughs> Excuse me, Robo is already kind of down for the count a small bit, but Tentaclon it, it puts on display more its powers and its capabilities than what it was with that botanist episode, X amount of episodes earlier. I really like this, and I like the battle between Robo and Tentaclon. It had definitely a Godzilla slash Ultraman vibe to it, I thought. And I really, and I had forgotten Tentaclon came back, but I was really happy to see this kaiju used in a way that would that just displayed it better. Than before, and I really like that part. Like that to me is one of the mm-hmm. brighter spots of this episode. Is Tentaclon? Yeah, and I, was I really do like that aspect where we finally see a full-on battle between uh, Giant Robo and Tentaclon. However, it's sort of the downside is that Cleopat was the main was the main sort of antagonist. Yes, for this episode, and we don't even have that battle at all, except for. Tentaclon between Tentaclon and Giant Robo, and that's the only fight that we get with this. And you know, once mm-hmm. Giant Robo throws Tentaclon at Cleopatra, and then they tumble down and then explode. That was essentially yeah. You, you only you don't even get the battle with Cleopatra at all, just with another monster in that, which is as as we mentioned before, it's. Very deceiving as far as this episode goes. 
Yeah, and and I just you know slightly we redid my um, rating and and a bit of my final thoughts here because the more I've uh, we talked about this, the more I'm realizing how many uh, whoopsie daisy moments there were in this episode in terms of its storytelling and in terms of its focus, and. Um, yeah, I mean, we were – it just – and like I said, it's been four years since I've last seen this show. There's a lot I didn't remember uh, about this show, and this is my third time going through it, and um, I, I was getting pretty excited. I'm like, all right, because you know, like I said a bit ago, it's like Godzilla versus my Godzilla, so to speak, or whatever, and we don't come close to anything like that, and um, it, it's – it's it's disappointing to say mm-hmm. the least. Uh, by the way, another fun moment is towards the end of the episode when Golden Knight is uh, you know being surrounded by unicorn agents and is being uh, you know rounded up. He's down. Golden Knight's down on the ground at one point, and you see in the foreground this one unicorn agent kick Golden Knight when he was <laughs> down. <laughs> I thought it was. Fun. Like you see him, he's like, oh, <laughs> like he kicks him. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Anyways, um, I can't think of really anything else. Uh, do you want to go in the final thoughts? Sure. Uh, the return of Golden Knight was something I was excited about, given how competent he is when compared to some of the other gargoyle generals. Bringing in a robo-doppelganger was unique and fun, but slightly not as exciting as I'd hoped, given how Cleopat stood around and didn't engage Robo. The return of Tentaclone was a welcome sight, and having the kaiju put up more of a fight was fun. A bit of a downer that we didn't... Uh, get more of a two-on-one battle in the end. Uh, and my revised score is 5 out of 10. I originally had it as 8.5, and I'm like, no, that's way too <laughs> fucking high. <laughs> that's that's exactly what mine was at first. But, um, yeah, the, the story for this one, it was trying to be just as straightforward and basic as the previous one, but with way how things went, it just didn't execute it quite well and just fell flat and being pretty deceiving for what it is as far as trying to have both of these like giant robo and the doppelganger version of it uh, trying to clash with one another. But in the end, we don't even get that uh, fight at all, but have we have a fight between Tentaclon and Giant Robo in this one, but yeah, it's just sort of a letdown uh, episode in a way. But um, yeah, it's that's really. But uh, the only good thing about this one is that <laughs> we broke uh, Jason. Is that we do see Golden Knight or Golden Knight. Once again, in this, but otherwise, it's basically a letdown episode. Um, yeah, I give this episode "Clash of the Giant Clash of the Giant Robots" in quotes uh, a six out of ten. Oh, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for if Golden Knight wasn't in it, my score would be reduced to probably. And depending upon who the general would be, it'd probably be anywhere between a four to four and a half. And then if you didn't have Tentaclon, 
it would probably be down to like a three or something like that. Like just those little things can sometimes for me anyways, add up to a lot in terms of a score for a film or a, or a show. All right. Final episode we are discussing in this podcast, episode 23. The English title is Dr. Aingali, Master of Evil. The Japanese one, and it's a mild doozy, Dr. Germa, the supernatural space creature. Jason, which one do you prefer? Boy. Um... This one's sort of a tough one because both of them are pretty interesting in their own right. Um, as far as the English version, I sort of like the his name, the doc, Dr. Ingali. For some reason, when I see his name for this one, for some strange reason, I think of Ferngali. Dr. Ferngully. (laughs) But um, I probably would at least split it half and half. I like the name for uh, Dr. uh, Dr. Ingully in this one, but as far as the Master of Evil one, not so much. I like the uh the subtitle from the japanese version uh i think the the subtitle for the japanese one is cool but i don't think it fits him uh supernatural to me means something that is like um like um like a deity or a god or or an aberration or a ghost you know that sort of thing that's that to me is what comes to mind when you use the word well, supernatural maybe like a, and i don't maybe from a different God. dimension where dr ingall is from you know but uh, i don't like the name dr germa i think it's too basic i do like you love the name Ingali. um i i think it's just it's i don't know who came up with that or whatever it just i like it an awful lot um it's weird just like this character is uh and i think master of evil fits it better because he he was shown to be pretty darn competent um here he was able to by and large do something that fangar came close to accomplishing a few episodes back but couldn't completely follow through on and that is he not only captured giant robo but got Robo working and to go on the offensive for them, whereas Fangar had trouble getting Robo up and going uh, after capturing mm-hmm. him. But anyways, uh, the plot summary for episode 23 is this. Dr. Eingali sends Johnny a birthday gift that turns out to be a robot duplicate of himself. Eingali uses this duplicate as a means of stealing Johnny's communicator and hopes to use Robo to attack Earth. Eingali and Guillotine order Robo to to attack Tokyo. Tongue twister. Johnny is able to prevent Robo from creating more damage by simply begging it to stop. Here we go again. A solution some scientists concocted is able to melt the robot Johnny. This allows Johnny to get his communicator back and order Robot to destroy Aingali. Back to back episodes involving birthday parties. Not only that, but doppelgangers. <laughs> 
That yeah, doppelgangers. First we had a a, a robo doppelganger. Now we got a Johnny doppelganger who has thicker <laughs> eyebrows. You see that? <laughs> I, I guess it's just the only way to differentiate the two. But the funny thing I thought was out of all the things you could have done to make one look different from the other, you chose to thicken the eyebrows. You basically had one job. I'm like, why? (laughs) One job. (laughs) Yeah, why couldn't you have done something like, um, what is it? Uh, uh, Mascara? Yeah, darken the the eye area a bit. Like they usually have. Yeah, or or just something different. But they're like, no, we're going to go Anthony Davis on this guy before Anthony Davis was even around. Yeah, that's (laughs) what they usually have done. Or I think to make them either doppelgangers or sort of the evil, like their evil side or something. And they darken that, uh, the whole eye area there. But I, I guess it's just, uh, differentiate the two which they could have also done with the eye shading as well yeah i i just thought the the decision to thicken the eyebrows of the robot was silly and ridiculous and then i also like (laughs) in the uh the scene where the unicorn uh come in and see the two johnnies there and i like azuma where he comes up it's like this is the real johnny it's like how how can you and then he looks at the camera and points this one's an imposter talk imposter and i also liked his reasoning for how he knew the real johnny and you know shows like reveals his wrists and sees this sort of the painted version of where the the wrist uh, band was or like the watch was like uh number one his y- you can't even see his arm at all on this gloves like how can you even tell <laughs> to begin with because in the in that entire scene you never see that glove lower not even one inch <laughs> to reveal that but i would say the only reason that you can possibly tell the from the real version is his reaction the thinner eyebrows maybe <laughs> but the reaction between the two the funny thing is the thicker eyebrows actually don't come into play until Later on, yeah. after that whole scene which is just ridiculous Inconsistent. uh by the way you're you're talking about that whole watch thing that Azuma um, brings up. I will say the markings on Johnny's wrist, Azuma was saying was the result of wearing a watch all the time, is actually the result of when people wear really cheap watches. Believe me, I know, because I used to wear a couple of really cheap watches in middle school and high school, and they always left. You know, after wearing them for like seven, eight hours, they always left, you know, markings because they were cheap ass pieces of crap. You know, the paint always wore off and, and the metal would tarnish your skin I a little had bit. That problem. It's from cheap watches. I just had, uh, so Johnny's communicator is a cheap watch. I never had that <laughs> problem as far as some of the paint or tarnish and stuff getting on my skin. I only just have the indent. <laughs> afterwards 
I always had the tarnish problem. The first couple of times I wore that cheap watch, it was fine. But after a while, you know, kind of once your skin oil and sweat and stuff kind of gets in there, be prepared to have, you know, a Johnny Sacco type of watch indentation on your wrist. Because that's what happens after a while when you wear cheap watches. But um, (laughs) also... In this episode, what did you think of the uh, the assembly of the Johnny robot and how that all looked? I love it in a simple, childish manner because this is a kid's show. And the fact that, again, it, it's played in a very simple manner. But at the same time, too, the adult side of me was chuckling of just how ridiculous ridiculous and how it was made out of basically pure foam (laughs) (laughs) i also like just just the appearance (laughs) of that whole once the entire robot was set up it's like just didn't even look like adam look like johnny at all until he pushes the button and then you see this whole electric field around this robot and then just turns into Johnny, like the lifelike version of Johnny. And the button that he uses to turn him on is is magically gone. (laughs) Like they had no way to just, oh, hey, I'll just turn you off. By the way, um, did you happen to notice the string carrying Johnny's communicator from Johnny to the robot one? I oh, think it I might have seen that I, when I saw first watching, but I'd sort of forgotten about it. It was clear as day. I go, string! But yeah, I wouldn't be able to surprise <laughs> at all with that one. By the way... I'm golly. You know, we've gotten a lot of one-and-done generals in the recent batches of episodes, and I keep forgetting some of these guys ever existed. I thought we had Spider, Botanist, Fangar, and I knew there was like maybe a couple others, but uh, man, I never realized we had so many one-and-done generals or generals that maybe showed up uh, just a couple of times. Um it's not a complaint, but I just had totally forgotten how many of them there were in this series. 26-episode series, mind you. Uh, but what do you think of Golly? I personally like this character. I love how he looks. He's got this weird sort of a, an anglerfish type of deal on top of his head, or like a snork, I guess, <laughs> if, you're, if you're not quite sure what an anglerfish is. I love his sort of sea creature, vampirish type of face um that makeup works a lot better than what metron's you know whole headpiece was uh and then it's yeah it's kind of a skin tight um you know bodysuit um i love the voice acting uh, of the american dub for this character i love the mannerisms of Eingali. it reminds me a bit of the controller from astro monster where you know how the controller always had these weird hand gesture movements Eingali sort of moves his body in weird like ways i love this i love how this actor who looks very anorexic actually it kind of scares me because you really see his rib cage quite a bit i'm guessing that's um, just part of the whole but I love, design 
I hope it is. But I love how this actor portrays this character. It's a very intelligent, diabolical uh, character that seems to think things through. And like I said, just the personality of this character. I really liked this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's – I would say he's certainly the top three out of all the commanders that have been part of this uh, show, along with uh, Fangar and then Mutant Mummy <laughs> that we uh, discussed about uh, a Mummy. couple episodes ago. But um, yeah – it would have been nice if we could have seen him earlier because it feels like he naturally fits the whole part along with uh, Emperor Guillotine as far as, you know, having them being, you know, space aliens in a way, trying to conquer the world. Whereas when it comes to uh, Mute Mummy, Golden Knot, or Golden Knight, uh, Fangar, uh, Spider, and Botanus. It just feels more natural to have Eingali as part as of Emperor Guillotine's whole um, army or whichever one of the higher-ups. I can probably say maybe Eingali, Botanus, maybe uh, Fangar is part of that whole echelon of uh, guillotines, uh, commanders, in a way, whereas the other ones, they just don't seem to fit fairly well within that whole uh, thing. But yeah, I can definitely see uh, Iangali as part of that. But I also liked his ideas of using a robot duplicate of Johnny into uh, tricking sort of tricking uh, the unicorn people (laughs) and as well as having the same voice as Johnny and stealing that uh, wristwatch and commanding giant robo yeah, it, it just seems like Eingali and Guillotine are more on the same page. That Eingali is – Eingali by himself, if he wanted to, seems like he could probably venture out on his own and succeed very well. I get this vibe from Eingali though that he sort of um, – what's the phrase? He sort of um, entertains uh, Guillotine by basically – you kind of get this vibe that he's like, I know I'm – I'm very powerful, but I'm just going to entertain you and making you think I am at your service. You know, it's like they're on the same wavelength. They seem to have more of a, of a relationship that, that comes together better than any other general has with Guillotine. And I could have sworn that, like, one of these times that he would have possibly backstabbed uh, Emperor Guillotine at one of these points because it, it sort of has that atmosphere they could have done something like that but in the end he doesn't yeah. but yeah he just sort of gives that yeah. vibe where he like as you said that they were sort of on the same page or level with one another like it sort of fits that part in a way where 
like at any given time that Eingala could have uh, turned against uh, Emperor Guillotine and say, I'm going to be the one in charge and taking over the world, not you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I really like this character and how he comes off and, and how he's written. Um, I thought, too, with Aingali, it was really neat that any time he was on screen, there was a special lens effect or what have you on there. I thought that I think was, it was pretty just more neat. or less just saran uh, wrap just put on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the camera lens. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it did look, seem like something was actually like put on the lens itself. Mm. Uh, but oh, well, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I thought the miniature work kind of towards the end where they had like the freeway system being built that Robo was destroying. I thought that and was even pretty the, cool. Uh, uh, the truck tanker that he had in his hands, you know, trying to yeah. be trying to be forced into throwing it at the real Johnny, but in the end throws it over at the fake Johnny and Eingali. And that was a pretty good sized uh, truck tanker, to be honest. And I think that seems to be much like if you compare that truck to the bridge that he destroys, that almost seems like it would have been too big to be put on those bridges. When you think about it, but um, yeah, yeah, and as well as not only the uh, the miniatures being pretty good, the map paintings and these like yeah. as far as the the oil fields and like the side pro- profile view of uh, giant Robo when we see him along with Marie looking at him two in one of the shots. It they look they still look pretty. Good in their own right. That's the one thing about this series I will always give them props on is that when they've had matte paintings, they're some of the best looking matte paintings I have seen. Not just in in a like a, a Toku Satsu show, but even in a film as well, like in a Godzilla film or a Gamera film. You know, stuff that was made around the same time uh, as this show. It's it's beautifully done matte paintings, but yeah, I mean it's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say with this episode is probably the more interesting. Uh, episode in its own right simply because we don't even get any giant monsters or giant robots in this one this time. It's mainly just an evil doppelganger version of Johnny and trying to to convince uh, giant Robo of which one is the real one and trying to convince him in that right. So, Giant Robo is and more here, or less the good guy, but also at the same time the bad guy, but obviously being controlled by Iangali and the doppelganger Johnny. Yeah, and for this specific episode, without there being a giant foe for Robo, um, I really do wish that they had put one in because here's the deal. I love Eingali and the initial start and premise of this story. Um, But here's, I think, the biggest flaw of this entire episode. And I think it's a pretty fatal flaw. The rest of the episode 
really nothing much ever happens again yeah sure we get scientists trying to work on some sort of solution to stop the the johnny doppelganger which i think is kind of dumb because mainly the glue trying to figure out how to i think decompose the glue or something that but then they could have figured out things where they just could have shot up the robot which they did yeah instead of (laughs) developing this well yeah but they didn't need to and this is a problem with this. They ha- so they started off mm. really well. Like this was going somewhere. And then they took this awful turn where they're saying we need doctors to come in to figure out how to undo the adhesive, which is dumb. Like I said, they could have shot the robot, tried blowing it up or doing a few other things to go at it. Developing a solution for an adhe- to undo the adhesive is dumb. But then on top of that too – the only real major thing that happens up until the very end is you get a kindergarten bus disappearing for a few minutes. Otherwise, it's a bunch of standing around and bitching and moaning by unicorn that they feel like they can't do yeah. anything. And then ultimately in the end, like we got two episodes ago – Johnny's fucking tears are the things that save the day again. He literally is out there on the damn freeway begging Robo, who somehow can hear him with all the noise and explosions and stuff and the fact that Johnny's way down there. Robo can hear him, pick him out, and like again, that's two episodes over a span of three. Three episodes over a span of what four or five, in which the communicator has proven to really not be as important as we were originally led to believe throughout a large chunk of this series. And this episode, despite the fact Angali is brilliant as a character, that there was the start of a good premise. The rest of it after after that is dull, dumb, unnecessary, and since they went this dull, dumb, unnecessary route, I really wish there was a giant foe for Robo because then it could have partially salvaged this episode a bit. But if they had written the story differently and better… Yeah, you you could have gotten away without a giant foe, and everything would have been hunky dory because you wrote a pretty darn good story. Here, it's a bunch of standing around figuring out a solution. Johnny's crying the entire episode, and ultimately his tears save the day. This spray, which somehow is able to shoot two hundred feet away and dissolve the 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 robot Johnny. <laughs> I am deeply disappointed overall as a result of this because it started off promising and then boom, it crashed. It's like a roller coaster. You go up to the top and then boom, you you go down really fast. And then the other thing that was going pretty good was that when uh, Eingali and the doppelganger Johnny captured this uh, watch – the communication watch and basically unicorn unplugged giant robo and they could have done it right then and there and 
you know, try to go after Eingali and the doppelganger uh, Johnny, but then that's when the whole kindergarten bus seemingly gets disappeared. It's like, oh, we got no other choice. We're going to have to plug it back in. It's like, dude, you don't really necessarily need to do that. You just need to go in stealthily like you have done in some of these episodes and uh, take care of business, but yet they somehow just... Like, oh, we're wusses. Let's just uh, plug things back in and just give them giant robo without any fight whatsoever until a few minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just... um, It's deeply disappointing because you you have shown the ability to to do something good if not great and then then you decide to take a bathroom break and then decide to use that script paper to wipe your butt on and are just like ah done <laughs> you know and it just this is what i got you know and it just i mean that's what you brought me <laughs> is poo it just <laughs> I'm deeply disappointed because, you know, we've spent a large chunk of this discussion up until the last few minutes talking about how wonderful a lot of things are, including Aingali. But then the writers decided to go the route that they did, and it becomes, again, to repeat myself, a a, a very dull, unentertaining, unnecessary type of story that – Hardly anything much happens after the doppelganger Johnny gets the wristwatch, and then nothing really happens until the final like five minutes when Robo goes on a rampage, and then Johnny's you know magical tears float up into the ether, sink into Robo's porous hide, and Robo's like Johnny, <laughs> you know, and then you know comes back it just again i understand it's a kid's show but this is one of those episodes where it's like okay my suspension of disbelief has been far broken now at this point because you guys um no i know i said my suspension of dis- i can go with ein golly and a snorkhead but the the whole thing about just developing this glue, which they didn't need to do, or this you know solution, and then the dull writing in which really nothing. The whole episode really ends up becoming about turn on Robo. No, we're not going to turn on Robo. No, okay, kindergarten class gone. Boop. Turn on Robo. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're so fucked. <laughs> and then you know, just <laughs> you know, it just. It turns out to be this pissing match. Seriously, it's this pissing match between Unicorn and Aingali about whether or not to turn on Robo until some kids go missing. And then instead of Aingali pissing and moaning, you got Unicorn pissing and moaning after that. It's it just – this is not what I want, even out of a, a wacky kid show. They are better than this. They have proven to be better than this. Look two episodes earlier with the space mummy. Ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Oh, my god. We both gave that one a 10 out of 10. Wacky and stupid, but oh, man, they made that thing so fun. Oh, yeah. This is dull and drab and stupid. 
stupid, like so it's not stupid that it's fun or good. It's stupid in that it's stupid bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm ranting, but I'm mad because I think they wasted a very good character, Nangali. It started off great, and then they decided, nope, this is where we're going to go with the story, and as a result, it makes this character in the end. You know, I was sort of, of expecting you to be this angry in the, the, the discussion of the last episode, <laughs> where you gave that one a 5 out of 10. <laughs> Well, and I didn't realize some of it until we started discussing it. That one, you know, was definitely bad in that it didn't follow through on the excuse me, the whole robot thing. But this one is worse. Like that one had more entertainment value going for it than this one did because the story mistake that they made here it was a domino effect. It wasn't just the fact that they decided to go in the direction that they did. It was a collection of small decisions that led to this big decision in letting it be nothing more than than a pile of dung basically throughout you know two thirds to, to three quarters of the episode. And that's just in fact, yeah, it's like at least three quarters of the episode. And I'm deeply disappointed. Um, yeah, it's 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 dumb. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah. They could have done better with the, the story on this one. I would agree with you. I would say, as far as uh, the last episode and this episode, I think they should have improved more on this one than the last episode because i mean as as we what we've been talking here that they were having things going pretty well with this as far as when it comes to dr Eingali and how things were going for it but then it just seems like yeah they just really took a dump on this whole entire episode in the second half basically yeah, I just – I don't understand it because, again, they started off well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looked promising, yeah. and then the script guy came back and was like <laughs> – So um, with that, should we do uh, the final take? <laughs> yeah. All right. Dr. Ingali has proven himself worthy up until a child's tears changed the trajectory of Japanese history. The character is a quirky looking one that has mannerisms that make it stand out, similar to the controller in Invasion of Astro Monster. Sadly, minus the miniatures, the episode is a dry one. The plan is good, but quite a bit of time is spent standing around shedding tears. There is little in the way of action and substance, and probably the worst of it is there's no giant foe for Robo to battle. It's a shame, considering there was potential here, given the premise. Wow. I think that's the lowest score I've given an episode. Wow, I did not really expect that one. I thought it was going to be much higher than that one there. (laughs) Your facial expression was funny. Well, because I... (laughs) I don't like this. It's like I, it started off. If if you told me to rate the first 
like 10 or so minutes of this episode, I would have said this is like a nine, nine and a half easily, maybe even close to a 10. Then, yeah, it, yeah, just with this episode, it was really going pretty well for what I was doing in the first half, you know, especially when you have Dr. Eingali and then this whole premise with the doppelganger, uh, Johnny and everything. It, it seemed to be going pretty well with it. And then as we've stated that with the second half, it just not entirely sure what just really happened with it. And as far as uh, possibly having another foe in this for uh, Giant Robo to have in this, I don't know. I'm sort of split on that. To me, it can go either way on this. To me, I'd say with this one, it can be more or less like the human sort of uh, part of the story where it prevails instead of just having Giant Robo prevailing almost of all the entire uh, show. At least just have this one just be like a W for the humans in that regard. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just with the whole premise in the second half, it just really felt short in a way and just with the... Sh- uh, sort of the poor execution in it and then having the wristwatch basically being I don't know if retcon would be sort of the right term for it as far as being another one with uh, the guffin uh, term but yeah it's like it just really sort of gotten to the point to where the watch wasn't really part of the whole entire story at all they're breaking yeah. their own rules yeah it's for the second time <laughs> that they've done this but um, yeah for me the upside for this one would it at least have to be uh dr iron golly within this one it would have been great for him to be like to be reused in the entire show along with uh, Botanus and Fangar. But uh, sadly, he wasn't. And to me, being in this late into the show's running here that we've got going, it's just not going to happen for him to come back with it. So with this one, yeah. Well, he's dead obviously. now. With uh, episode 23, <laughs> Dr. Eingali, Master of Evil, out of 10, I would give this one 5 out of 10. Oh. <laughs> way too high. <laughs> well, yours way too low. Um, yeah. Well, I stand by it. But um, thank you so much, first of all, for, for listening. Also, I want to remind everybody um, our end of the year episode is coming up in close to a month now. Let me. Um, and so, Jason, I, I've already got a couple of things um, that I want to talk about. I still um, am going to try to come up with at least a couple more things. But um, if there's any. Anything anybody wants to hear us discuss or cover, or you got questions or whatever, um, please you know let us know you know in the next here like three or so weeks here, um, you know because we're we're in the 
you know, I, I can't speak for Jason, but I've already started small uh, prep work for uh, the end of the year episode. And yeah, so, I'm going to be starting um, online soon. You know, let us know. Yeah, I would let us know the best way to really um, send your your um, your ideas would be through Facebook. We're on a bunch of social media platforms, but Facebook is the one that Jason and I tend to most regularly uh, go on to. And so we're more likely to see mail and comments and that sort of thing. Um, So. I, that would be the way to go. We don't even check our email all that often. But, That's just more or less for spammy stuff from social media and all that. We have an email simply because in order to sign up for web accounts and all that, yep. you have to have one. <laughs> and even for like a login and everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, just – Really let us know um, if there's anything you want to hear us discuss or whatever. I'm working really hard on trying to come up with a couple of things that um, I think um, are going to be not only educational, but I think unique in terms of the subject matter. And hopefully, hopefully uh, something that hasn't been done discuss much, if at all, uh, via other kaiju uh, podcasts and, and the like. I'm trying to come up with something creative here uh, to, to just kind of let the brain juices flow and to have a very unique and, and interesting and entertaining discussion. Uh, I haven't figured that out yet because I'm a dumb <laughs> fuck, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm working on it. That's why I'm starting now. I'm, I'm allowing my myself you know, a little over 30 days to, to mm-hmm. get this figured out. Yeah, definitely. And Obviously, next month uh, with the next episode is going to be the final final episode where we discuss Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. The final three episodes that we're going to be uh, talking about here. And then, obviously, the episode after that, the, uh, the year-end extravaganza episode. Yeah, so do we want to schedule December 12th to end Johnny Sacco? Um, <laughs> let me just bring up my calendar and see what that looks like. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, we can probably do that. And then as far as our year-end... You're reading my mind. This yeah, is creepy. And as far as the year-end... <laughs> um, Let's see. Christmas lands on a Friday, and then uh, New Year's Eve is on the following Thursday, about a week later after that. I'm not sure if I'll have uh, that day off. It doesn't have yeah. to be on New Year's, but I thought, you know, at some point after after Christmas. Um, like, what's your time off looking like? Well, I know we typically get obviously Christmas Day off, so that'll be on a Friday. And then I think we do get uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day off, but I would say, as far as that goes, I would say the day after would probably be best. The 26th? Okay, well, let's pencil that in. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to have company around or not. Um, We'll see. Uh, Do you have any other time off you could use, or are you done? Well, um, 
with my time off right now, it's the last one that I use. And then next month, uh, it'll be my uh, work anniversary on the 8th, which all my PTOs and stuff will reset. Are you willing to take off something like Monday the 28th? (sighs) Or are you wanting to save I typically wait to use some of those for more important stuff, especially, you know, July and everything. So um, let's pencil in the 26th. So we're either going to pick the 26th or the 31st. Would you be okay with maybe doing it on the 31st? Yeah, but probably will have to be later in the day. We'll ha- I'll have to see um, as far as if we do get New Year's Eve off. But I know for certain we get okay. New Year's Day. Well, we basically at the very least have just about a month, like 32 days at the very least. Let's talk it over in the next yeah, like about week or so. A month and a couple you days, You get back yeah. to me on that stuff, and then we'll come up with a final mm-hmm. date. So either the 26th or the 31st uh, will be our uh, final episode. As always, we will let everyone know. You got to look in once again on housekeeping <laughs> and how we do all that. So um, once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, we will, Like Jason said, on the 12th, we will f- wrap up Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. Not only will we be discussing the three final episodes like we have been doing with this Toku Zone over the last few months, but we will also end out that podcast uh, just discussing the series as a whole, giving our general thoughts and opinions, and just kind of, you know, telling you whether or not we think it's something that is worth your your time and Mm -hmm. investment yeah definitely and so with that uh just want to make some more uh last housekeeping here as far as our um you can find us everywhere as far as the audio podcast uh apple podcast google podcast iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn. and as far as our streaming networks youtube twitch facebook live Periscope and D Live, and you can also uh, like and su- subscribe to us at these following social media websites. Just search for uh, Daikaiju Network, and you can find us over at DaikaijuNetwork.com, which is our own website. And hopefully soon, uh, before our year-end uh, podcast or episode comes up, that we'll have a newer homepage where you can watch our streams live right there on our uh, website. So you don't have to go anywhere else if you don't need to. Uh, You can just come to daikaijunetwork.com and uh, just watch the stream right then and there at the top page. And you know, have easier access to our uh, three shows, uh, the regular show, uh, the commentary, and as well as uh, the new uh, Toku Zone, uh, right there, and and uh, access to all the other videos that we've done the last couple of years since we started streaming live on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, once again, thank you so much for listening. We're looking forward to uh, wrapping up Johnny Sock on his flying robot. It'd be a be a big thing. Again, I thought it was something that was going to take eight months, but it's taking half of that time. So <laughs> We do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, with that, we'll see you guys on the 12th of December. Take care, everyone. Yeah.